Hey killer bees, it's Paula B from paulabfitness.com and welcome to the Let's Run podcast where every Tuesday we talk about fitness matters that matter to you. And you guys, this one matters to me. <laughs> Today we're talking about how I recently, like literally just over the past two months, lost about seven pounds at age 49 while going through menopause. And of course, you know what? We're gonna talk about how you can do the exact same thing if you'd like to. My friends, while we're chatting about this, we're gonna go for a great walk and a run. I've got my handy down gym boss set for intervals of a minute and a half and 30 seconds. I'm taking the minute and a half at a run and the 30 seconds at a walk. You can switch those around, use them, not use them, be doing dishes, whatever you want to do while we're having this conversation. If you are going to run though, make sure that you get warmed up. And when you're ready, I'm totally ready. Let's run. And you guys, today I actually mean that literally. I have the long interval first. So if you're using the long intervals for walking, please go ahead and walk. But if you're using the long intervals for running like I am, let's run, you guys. Okay, you guys, can I tell you something? I'm gonna tell you anyways. I don't know why I ask that as a question. I have been dreaming of this podcast for months. <laughs> I. Let me let me just start. Okay, today is today is very practical. I have some steps for you. I have some some tips and advice. But I also honestly today is kind of just story time. I'm just gonna tell you what's been going on with me for the last like six months or so. When last we left off with my weight loss and weight gain and weight story. If you have not listened to that podcast, I made an entire podcast about how I'm dealing with weight gain. I strongly suggest that you go listen to it just because, you know, it's another great workout. It kind of gives you a more detailed background of where I've been with my weight and my thought process and all that kind of good stuff. But the, the really quick, brief story of it is this. About two years ago, Everything, everything in my life fell apart, frankly. My sister got sick and died. I was really, really in the throes of perimenopause. I mean, it was, it was hitting me in the face like a shovel. My babies both grew up and went away to college. I had an empty nest for a very short amount of time. And then they both came home because they were dealing with a lot of grief and, you know, early life crises and stuff. And then and I just had a lot of a lot of stress and pressure mentally. And I was trying to deal with that by training for ultra, ultra marathons, which at the time honestly was a good way to go and gave me something to focus on that wasn't my weight, that wasn't my grief, that wasn't what in the world I'm doing with my life at age 48. But over the course of the last year or so, after, after I had put on some weight and was just trying to figure out how I felt about that, my, the crux of what that other podcast was, was basically, I was really okay with my weight. And I mean that truly. I meant it at the time. I still mean it now. Where I was, I was absolutely 100% incapable of caring about my weight in a way that was going to change it. And so where I was, was dealing with my circumstances, thinking about what I wanted to do with my fitness, which was run ultra marathons. I ran 110K a year ago which yes, oh my God, was it a year ago? Isn't that crazy? I don't know how another year has passed, but it has. But I had, I 
bigger fish to fry was, was the way I phrased it at the time and the way I still think about it. That's what was on my mind. And then something happened. Something happened about, let's see, what is it? It's late October right now. By the time you see this, I think it's, it might still be late October, it might be early November. But something happened about four months ago. I was training for a 50 mile race that I ran in August. And I was, you know, still really just laser focused on wanting to run long distances and wanting, you know, that to be my focus and my fitness. But then, almost overnight, I completely lost my running mojo. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know what happened. This is something that I'm still kind of, Timing-wise, it worked out for me. I was really happy with the way this all came down. But at the time, it was like, okay, I'm you know, a month, maybe six weeks out from a really big race, a 50-mile race, and I don't care. And I honestly, in 13 years of running, have never felt like that. I have been really close to burnout before. I've, I've teetered on the edge of feeling like, hey, I could probably use a break here pretty soon. But I, I mean, I was at the edge of the abyss just wheeling my arms trying to stay on top of the cliff instead of falling down it. I, I think I think I managed to keep my footing, but honestly, after that 50 mile race, I didn't care at all. I didn't run for a while. I didn't miss running. I didn't care. And the thing is that what happened when I realized that I was losing my ability to care very much about running, I thought to myself, what else am I gonna do? <laughs> because, because that is the way my mind thinks. I knew, being, being the girl that I am, I knew I needed to do something about that and simply pushing harder or looking for another race or looking for another running related goal wasn't going to be the answer. And I thought to myself, hey, you know what? This is actually a great time to lose weight because because the, the crux of weight loss, I mean, as we have discussed, the crux of weight loss at this age is all about kind of pulling things down and backing off and relieving a lot of that exercise stress. Me taking a break from running was the perfect time to actually think about weight loss. And the more I thought about that, once, the, once it kind of popped into my head, the more I was like, yeah, you know what? That's something I can focus on now. That's something I can care about right now in a way that honestly, for the past year and a half, just could not have, could not have been bothered with. And so the last like month leading up to my 50 mile race, I started, I know this sounds kind of funny, but I started like thinking about how nice it was going to be to lose weight, how nice it was going to be to, you know, have that as my goal, how nice it was going to be, not even necessarily to have lost the weight, but to be thinking about and caring about my body in a way that I haven't in a really long time, like even more so than the year and a half. I haven't, I haven't cared about my weight 
since the last time I lost weight, you know, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, whatever that was, I, I just, I weigh what I weigh and I don't really think about it all that much. I thought about it a little bit as I was gaining and it bothered me a little bit until I realized that it was going to be what it was going to be and therefore I shouldn't let it bother me. And it didn't bother me so much as I was excited at the opportunity to get it back under control, to bring it back to a number that I felt more comfortable with, that I felt more confident with. And so in that last like month leading up to the race, which was in mid-August, I spent a lot of time thinking about making this podcast. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about what it was going to feel like to have successfully lost weight and to tell you about it. <laughs> Isn't that super funny? And we're going to come back to that point a little bit later in this podcast, but I want to tell you that that element is pretty critical. Not that you want to tell your podcast audience about losing weight, but that feeling of knowing what you're going to feel like when you've accomplished your weight loss goal, it was really important. So I have, I have these four, not even necessarily linear steps, but these four pieces of the puzzle that I, because I have worked with so many weight loss clients, I knew that I needed these pieces of the puzzle, but I wanna tell you how it worked for me. Because sometimes I tell you this stuff and I don't necessarily have like super concrete examples because it's been a while since I've lost weight, that, that this being so recent, and frankly, I'm not in my 30s anymore. I am absolutely in the thick of menopause. And just as a quick warning, we are gonna get into like a TMI section. I will give you warning if you would like to skip over that part, but we are gonna talk about how menopause absolutely impacts weight loss and mine specifically. But so these four little, little pieces of, of wisdom, these four little nuggets, if you will. These are pieces of your puzzle that I find to be completely essential. You can't, you can't skip any of these parts if you are going to be successful with your weight loss at truly any age, but kind of specifically near about this age. Here's, here's the, the long and the short of weight loss during or after menopause. Your whole life, you've had a certain amount of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and all those kinds of hormones. They have run your cycles for your whole life. I mean, basically, most of your life. And now, those hormone levels either are changing or already have changed, depending on where you are in your perimenopause, menopause journey. But here's the critical thing that happens when we start hitting perimenopause for sure, but in the thick of menopause and definitely afterwards. Estrogen declines rather sharply. We have spent most of our lives having plenty of estrogen to make everything work the way it's supposed to work. To be young and healthy and plump, and you know, I'm, th I'm pointing to my lips actually, <laughs> thinking about my face and how it used to be so soft and how you know my cheekbones have some hollows now that they didn't used to have and all those kinds of things. We had a softness about us 
that, that was supplied by estrogen. And now that we have less estrogen, we have less of that softness, that plumpness. We also, my friends, have less ability to clear stress from our lives. The, the incredibly, like, there's way more to it, but here's what you need to know. The reason we put on belly fat during and after menopause is because that is a classic sign of stress. It's cortisol. Estrogen used to, when we had plenty of it, remove cortisol from our bodies. Now, obviously, some of us have had you know stresses in our lives where we have put on that belly fat at other ages. But generally speaking, around this age, most women start to collect belly fat because we're not clearing away the cortisol. When you have an excess of cortisol, which is any kind of stress, mental stress, physical stress, really those are the two kinds, but mental stress and physical stress, your body releases cortisol. Cortisol is supposed to send all kinds of different signals to your body that helps you deal with the stress. But when you don't have the estrogen to clear that cortisol out, your body thinks it's still stressed. And when your body thinks it's stressed, it stores fat. Way, way, way back in the day when we were cave people, the only stress there ever was was famine. The only time we ever felt stressed was when there was nothing to eat. That's why your body stored fat. It stored energy for later. Fat is energy. But nowadays, we have lots of other reasons to be stressed. We have menopause <laughs> for one thing, but we also have you know, the death of family members, children growing up and leaving, children coming back home because they are struggling, our own struggles. We also have air ultra marathon training. There's all kinds of stress that you might be having in your life that your body used to be able to handle just fine when it had more estrogen. And now, when we don't have as much, well, here comes belly fat. Here comes midlife fat. Here comes the middle-aged spread, as they say. So, so thing number one that I had to do, and this isn't entirely related to what we were just talking about. I'm coming back to my list of, of four things that I had to do. Thing number one was that I set a goal. I set an actual concrete, measurable goal. I did not say to myself, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I lost some weight? I looked at my calendar. I knew how much time I had between the race, the 50 mile race, and a race that I just had on Saturday night, which I thought was shorter but was longer, and that's a story for another day. I, I thought it was a shorter race, and so I was like, oh, I don't really need to be like super trained for that race, and then it was longer and it was really hard. But anyways, I had nine weeks in between those two races where I knew for a fact that I would need to recover from the 50 miler, and I knew that even with recovery that I wasn't, I, I was still gonna be able to manage the race that we did on Saturday night. I said we because I ran with my husband. I, was, I knew that even without training, I was gonna be able to manage it. It was gonna be fine. I've got 14 years of running behind me. Don't try this at home, kitties. I don't recommend running long distances after you basically have not run almost at all for nine weeks, but I knew that I could do it. So I had a goal. My goal, my stated goal was, I am losing as much weight as I possibly can during these, this nine week period. 
I did not put a number on it, and I want to talk about that real quick. Very often, when we set ourselves weight loss goals, we set either a number or a number and a timeline. I honestly didn't care how much weight I lost. If I lost two pounds in nine weeks, I was really gonna be okay with that. I mean, maybe not like thrilled, maybe not like come on the podcast and brag about it, but I, I was still going to be pleased with my effort. My goal truly was much more about my effort. My goal was to give every single day for nine weeks my, my 100% effort to lose weight the best way I knew how. Which, by the way, is to find out the number of calories that you are supposed to be eating, eat that number of calories every single day, no matter what, exercise very moderately, in fact, significantly less than I used to, manage my stress, make sleep a priority, make water a priority. It was a lot of things to think about. It is. And I know you know that if you've ever tried to lose weight, it's a lot of balls in the air. It's a lot of plates spinning. It's a lot of things to have as your quote unquote number one priority. But that was my goal. That if I went to bed every night saying to myself, I checked every one of these boxes, I did exactly what I know I need to do to lose weight, then I was gonna be really satisfied with whatever I lost. And I think, I think that is a problem for some people sometimes. And so let's troubleshoot this really quickly for you. Sometimes we get it in our head that we're definitely going to lose, you know, let's say a pound a week or two pounds a week, which is, is hard at this age, it just is. It's hard at any age, but it's specifically harder at our age when your body is not clearing out stress and we have, we have plenty of stress in our lives. It's hard to lose weight, even if you're being super consistent. I personally feel that one of the best things I did for myself was not give myself a number that I had to lose X amount of weight in that nine weeks for two reasons. Number one, I actually thought I was losing weight for eight weeks. <laughs> I had it in my head that there was eight weeks between these races. And I am going to talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, but it was kind of funny, like six and a half weeks in to realize that I still had two and a half weeks left because I was already kind of like, okay, what's the next phase? You know, when I knew I was coming up to the end. So, so in my mind, in eight weeks, knowing that I would probably have two periods, you know, two months, two periods. I'm like, well, you know, depending on when they fall, you know how your weight goes up and down. I mean, everybody's weight goes up and down. Mine, generally speaking, goes up and down by about a pound or two and sometimes three when I have a period, if I have a period. That's another story. Again, we're going to get to the TMI later. But I wasn't, I wasn't super concerned with how much I lost. In my mind, I felt like I could probably lose five pounds. I was kind of hoping for 10. 10 would have been great, but would have been kind of illogical. I mean, I knew that 10 was really pushing it, but I was gonna be really happy with five or more. I ended up losing seven, like seven and a half. And I'm sitting now, I mean, cause I, 
officially finished losing weight on Saturday morning, and I'm sitting now at about a five and a half pound loss. Uh, there's another reason for that, which, you know what, I'm gonna tell you that right now. I've just told you I'm gonna tell you this like later, three times in a row. Here's why, I just had a really hard race on Saturday, and I'm really dehydrated now still. It is Tuesday. So I'm still working on making sure that I get enough water, and pretty frequently for me, dehydration, depending on where I am on the dehydration scale, major dehydration shows up as a huge, like, quote-unquote loss on the scale, but like, mild to moderate dehydration for me actually shows up as a little bit of a gain because my body has like a lot of inflammation and it's just, it's fighting the dehydration right now. So, so how much did I lose exactly? I, somewhere between five and seven pounds, more or less. My weight is gonna change again, it always does. I'm not super concerned about one number saying this is exactly how much I weigh. I'm far more, I'm far happier knowing that my range of, okay, if I you know, lose a pound and a half or gain a pound and a half, that this is where I am instead of when I was up here and my pound and a half either direction was a higher number. I think that was all I had to say about having a goal. I'm trying to remember now. I think that, no, I think I still had more to say about that. How when we put it in our heads that we you know, have to lose X amount of weight in X amount of time, that we give ourselves a bit of pressure that's really, I don't wanna say it's out of your control. I mean, I just spent the entire time telling you that I wanted to to have as much control as I could over my goal. You will find though, as we get further into this story, that me being 100% consistent had almost nothing to do with the results that I saw on the scale. Yes, there was a downward trend. Yes, I made it down to the range that I'm looking for. But on the day to day, on the week to week, oh, my effort had nothing to do with my losses. And I knew that going in, that sometimes your body, for lots of reasons, dehydration, periods, salt, stress, lots of reasons might not show the numbers that you're looking for on the day that you're looking for them. So nugget number two, I had a plan. Now, again, coming back to this, I had about a month to six weeks before my race where I was still training to run 50 miles. I was training with, with zero love in my heart, but I was still training for this race. So there was nothing that I could implement right away. You know, I still had to be eating, I still had to be fueling, I still had to be thinking like an ultramarathoner, even though, again, deep in my heart, I didn't really feel like one. But it gave me lots of time to plan. Now I know for a fact that the number one thing that drives weight loss is consistency of your calories in. So the whole time when I was training and getting ready for this race, I was really prepping what I was gonna do for those what I thought was eight weeks ended up being nine weeks of weight loss. What exactly was I gonna eat? How much water exactly did I need to be drinking? And how exactly was I gonna get that water in every day? Because frankly, for 99% of my life, I have struggled with drinking enough water. How exactly was I gonna get to sleep every night and make sure that it was between seven and eight hours of good quality sleep? How exactly was I gonna manage my stress? 
which frankly, for at least, well, specifically the last year and a half, but really for the last like seven years since I've been in business for myself, the stress has just kind of ratcheted up. I mean, if you've ever worked for yourself, you know, it's all on you. I mean, for me, it's all on me. I am a solopreneur that if I don't get something done, it doesn't get done. And I feel that, I mean, especially as my channel grows, as I'm trying to be more present on social media, things like that, I feel, I feel like I have a lot to do most days. How was I gonna manage that in a way that I quite frankly hadn't been managing before? So I planned out, I, I went to my, I went to my six websites. I put in my information about how old I am, how much I weigh, I exercise moderately. Boom, here comes the number that they think that I should be eating for calories per day for weight loss. Got six wildly different numbers <laughs> as one does. I added them all together, I divided by six to get the average, and I came up with a number of calories that seemed very reasonable to me based on my experience. It was low based on me being an ultra marathoner, but it was also, when I calculated out, okay, this is what I normally have for breakfast, this is what I normally have for lunch, this is about what I normally have for dinner, how does this actually fit in calorie-wise? It fit in. It, it was reasonable, it was manageable. I had to take a couple of things out. I'm also very aware of the fact that when I am not running you know, 40, 50 miles a week, that I'm not that hungry. I knew if I gave it a chance to settle out and I truly exercised moderately, that I wasn't going to be super hungry with that number of calories. That was the other thing that I had to plan out. How am I gonna exercise moderately? I literally exercise for a living. I have a really quick aside here. This is something, it's, it's a digression, I apologize. I'm still gonna throw it out here. Somebody said to me nicely, lovingly, but it, <laughs> but it hit me in a way that I feel like it's something that needs to be addressed. Yes, I am a fitness professional, but losing weight isn't easy for me. And those are air quotes there because I am directly quoting something that somebody said to me. It's not easy for me because I'm a fitness professional. In fact, in some ways, it was a little bit harder because I literally do this for a living and I know that you guys like some vigorous workouts, some gentle workouts. I am constantly on an up and down kind of roller coaster of offering different kinds of workouts plus doing my own running training. I, I had to cut way, 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 way back on my exercising to be able to exercise moderately. And to be fair, that was the problem. I mean, again, it's not easy for me because I'm a fitness professional. Me being a fitness professional with running goals is the reason I gained weight. It's absolutely more the problem than the solution. But the reason I bring it up is because I feel that we all do this sometimes and hearing it in this particular situation just made me really sensitive to when we say something like that to somebody else like oh you know it must be easy for you you're a fitness professional we're negating somebody else's efforts when we say that and that's never nice honestly that's never a nice thing to say to somebody 
when somebody when somebody has to put forth an effort because they have found themselves in a place where they were not meeting a specific goal and then they had to put forth an effort to meet that goal it's an effort for everyone every time it's not easy for anyone except 20 year olds <laughs> even then, I'm joking I'm 100% joking the thing is if you find yourself in a position where you need to lose weight there's a reason there is a reason it wasn't easy for you there's a reason you got where you got and in order to get out of that place that you got it takes effort it takes hard work it takes a goal and it takes a plan and it takes two more things which I'm gonna get to so my plan here was the thing if you are expecting me to be like oh this is how many calories I ate and this is what I did it doesn't matter I mean truly do the calculations for yourself do the math for yourself the number of calories that I ate work for me because of what I eat no not because of what I eat because of what I weigh because of how old I am and because of the efforts that I put in to exercise moderately your numbers will be different I ate the right number for me I I was able to, and this is actually step number three, even though, again, they're not really linear, it's just three nuggets of wisdom. Nugget number three is that I just simply committed. I committed 100% to, to the process. And I know how hard that is. If, if there's a point where you're gonna say, oh, this is why it's easy for you, it's easy for me because I've been practicing this for years. I know what it's like to have a goal and to do whatever it takes to get that goal. And I also know that as it pertains to weight loss, we all hear that a little bit differently than we hear it when my goal is, for example, to run an ultra marathon. When I say, I was going to do whatever it took to lose weight. That sounds obsessive. That sounds like I've got body dysmorphia or I've got some kind of eating disorder rather than I have commitment and focus. If I tell you I'm going to do whatever it takes to run this 50 mile race, this ultra marathon, including running through losing my running mojo, that doesn't sound nearly as frightening, does it? So here's the thing, that's a razor wire that you have to walk for yourself. I have practice being laser focused and committed. I know how to be very committed without being obsessive. I've been obsessive, we've talked about this. I've had eating disorders, I've had body dysmorphia. I know exactly what it feels like to be on the other side of that line. And I gotta be really honest, I was nowhere near it today. today. I was nowhere near it this time. I, I wanted what I wanted. I wanted to give my absolute best effort. And, and the, numbers, the numbers were gonna shake out where they shook out. So I didn't feel obsessive about the scale. I didn't feel obsessive about my body. And on a super quick, again, let's divert really quickly off to the left field for this one. I have to be super honest with you, you guys. Losing seven pounds, losing somewhere between five and seven pounds, it didn't, again, with the air quotes, fix anything about my body. You know, I still got this little blurp of fat right here in my armpit that I've had basically since I turned 40. My butt is still sagging because gravity exists in the world. It didn't turn me into a supermodel. Nothing is going to. 
what it did was simply help me feel like I wasn't stuffing myself into my clothes anymore. It definitely helped with some of the fat that I was carrying around my belly. And again, uh, we didn't actually finish that part about my plan for stress relief. Some of that was stress relief. Some of that was exercising significantly more moderately, which is also stress relief. It helped me feel better about my body in a way that wasn't even necessarily related to how much weight I lost or even losing weight. It was the process of committing and following through and making a promise to myself and frankly, losing weight out of love. I love my body at any weight, but I loved my body enough to want to feel comfortable in my skin again, where I had gotten right up to that point that I didn't always feel comfortable. Yeah, I had other goals that helped me not think about not being comfortable, but there was, there was a lot of times when I got in front of the camera the last 18 months where I knew that I was standing a certain way, and I'm putting my arm in front of my waist, because I was trying to camouflage how that felt. I knew that there were times when I would look at all the photographs trying to pick a thumbnail and I thought, I don't like any of these. I don't look like I feel good. That's what I wanted for myself. I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring like a happiness and a joy back to me being in my own skin that I hadn't felt for a while. So let me actually come back this is really jumpy today. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's come back to the, the step two, the nugget number two of having a plan. The stress relief thing. This was really important. With a laser focus applied to everything I was doing, I woke up in the morning and I said, how am I going to eat my calories today? How am I going to drink my water today? What can I do to manage my stress? What can I do to make sure I get plenty of sleep? I said no to lots of things. I said no to my kids a couple of times when it was time to go to bed. I, I made sure that we have a massage chair and I absolutely love it. It's just this absolute eyesore in the family room, but I love it because it massages your neck and shoulders and it massages like your back and your, your booty and down like the tops of your, the back of your legs. And I just, I love it. It feels so good. I committed to sitting in that massage chair 15 minutes a day to just work out the knots. I committed to doing whatever it took to drink enough water, which honestly was the hardest part for me. There were times when I was drinking 25 ounces of water right before I went to bed, knowing that I would be awake several times in the night, but then still committing to making sure that I got eight hours of sleep, even with getting up four times to pee. I just made it happen. And that is the thing where I was going with this that was easier for me because I have 13 years of setting goals experience. You know, when I first started running and setting goals for myself, I used to set goals and not follow through on them all the time. And then I practiced a little bit at a time, setting goals, following through, setting goals, 
following through. If this is the first time that you are really, really, really working on following through and trusting yourself, it's gonna take time. This was easier for me because I have 13 years of experience with this. And frankly, about eight of those years was experience slash failure at meeting my own expectations for myself. I know exactly how to set a goal. I know how to make a plan to get that goal. I know how to be committed and follow through. The other thing that I know how to do, and this was super surprising for me, this is, this is where we start getting a little bit personal. Number four nugget with wisdom. I managed my mind. I knew I was gonna have to. I know so much of weight loss is all in your head. The way we think about food, the way we think about our weight, the way we think about our bodies. So much of that baggage though, I worked through a long time ago. I have a lot of sympathy slash empathy for you wherever you are on your weight loss journey with all the crap that comes up when you like first start losing weight or you've been successful for a while or you've you know finished losing weight and you're trying not to be obsessive or you know focus <laughs> about your weight anymore i've been through all that i really was not entirely prepared for the garbage in my mind that i really had to work through on a daily basis. If you want to say, oh, it's easier for you because you're a fitness professional, it's easier for you because you've worked with your mindset stuff, it's easier for you because you've been working on your mindset for a lot of things for a while now. I've been on a mindset journey for, well, at least two years now. Oh my God, no, <laughs> none of that was easier for me. The mindset stuff blew me out of the water. I was wildly unprepared for exactly how much junk was still in my head. So let me back up a little bit, tell you some like just numbers, practical stuff, and then I'm gonna tell you how that like affected me. So the first week of my weight loss journey, you guys, the first week I gained five pounds. <laughs> And the thing is, I knew that was coming. This is where I was going with being dehydrated. So I had just run 50 miles. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I mean, I've run further, but that was hard. It was hard because I was, I was mentally not really in the game. It was hard because, oh my God, it was hard for a lot of reasons. It was hard for a lot of reasons. And I'm actually gonna circle back around to that race here in a little bit when I talk more about mindset while I was losing weight. Anyways, it was hard. It was super hard. And I was super dehydrated. I was really, I, I had gotten myself in a position where I was super sick during the race. I was doing my best to hydrate and fuel. And I ended up walking a lot of that race. It was just, it was hard. It was hard on my body. It was hard on my mind. It was hard. So starting my weight loss journey, like not the next day, I gave myself Sunday completely off to do, you know, just whatever, drink water, eat whatever. And then on Monday morning, I started my weight loss journey. And so on Monday morning, I was actually like four pounds down from where I knew my weight had been just, you know, the day before the race. So I'm like, okay, well, it certainly wasn't that easy <laughs> to get started on this weight loss journey. So the first five days, I gained five pounds, <laughs> but really, truly, it was just me actually finally hydrating enough and 
fueling enough to get back to where I was. I mean, my my weight, my my actual, you know, biological weight, I guess, was still that higher number. It was just that I had lost so much fluid and lunch and everything else while I was running. So that first week, you know, I gained weight. It was super hard, but I also, I was really focused. I knew what I was doing. It was fine. I knew I was going to see that number. It wasn't, that first week wasn't especially hard on me. It might be, I mean, if your circumstances are different and you do gain that first week, it could be really, really hard. For me personally, I knew it was coming. It was totally fine. So then the second week, you know, I'm still focused. I'm still committed. I lost about a half a pound and I was like, oh, I see, this is gonna be hard for me. It's not easier because I'm a fitness professional. The third week, oh no, no, let me back up. Okay, you guys, here's where we are gonna talk a little bit of TMI. If you don't wanna hear me talk about my periods, honestly, you're gonna need to skip pretty far ahead and I apologize for that. I feel like because I used the word menopause in the title, you knew we were gonna talk about this. But so that first week, in addition to you know getting the five pounds, I started my period. So then losing that half a pound the next week, I was done with my period. So you know it seemed pretty normal that I was gonna go ahead and lose some weight. The third week, yeah, so the third week, I lost like a pound. So at this point, you know, I'm, I'm three weeks in, I've lost three pounds, feeling really good, started my period again. Okay, totally fine, kind of stayed the same, and then lost another pound. So four weeks in, I've lost four pounds, feeling pretty good. Five weeks in, I'm down like three and a half pounds, and I sit on that number, forever. Started my period again. Yes, for those of you keeping track, I'm gonna actually, let me just tell you this. In nine weeks, I had four periods. Yes, that's where I stand with my menopause journey right now. I'm kind of constantly on my period. Yes, I'm gonna talk to my doctor about what I can do about this because it's driving me crazy. But here's what happened. For 15 days, my weight stayed the same. And I mean, it fluctuated one day, it was up a half a pound, and then like three days later, it was down a half a pound for like two days. So in 15 days, 13 of those days, 12 of those days, excuse me, I'm not doing the math wrong, 12 of those days, my weight was exactly the same. And it was the weight that was up a little bit. So at that point, I had really only lost. So at this point, okay, so that's two weeks. What is that? At least five and a half, six weeks into my journey, I've only lost two and a half pounds. And I'm just sitting on this number. Sitting on it. I was pissed. I will be 100% honest. I was ready to quit. I was ready to give up. I was ready to say, I'm never going to lose weight. This sucks. Everything I'm doing is wrong. I have to exercise more. I have to eat less. Every single thing that you have ever thought when weight loss isn't going your way, trust me, I thought it. I'm a terrible person. I'll never lose weight. Maybe it's impossible to lose weight at my age. I'm doing everything wrong. I, I, it was non-stop chatter in my head. It was crazy to me how much chatter there was. It was crazy to me feeling like 
I needed to do more, feeling like I needed to eat less. I knew exactly what I was eating. I knew exactly how I was exercising. It was fine. So what did I do? I kept doing what I was doing. Finally, at the end of that very long 15 days, boom, down a pound and a half. Three days later, boom, down another half a pound. About four days after that, boom, down another pound. Your body is working whether you feel it on the scale or not, my friends. This was so hard. That, that level of not feeling like I was doing the right thing was really awful. And yet, I managed my mindset. Every day, I took a look at my list. What am I doing? I'm managing my stress. I'm managing my water. I'm managing my calories. I'm managing my sleep. I'm doing everything I can do. Every night, I lay my head down on that pillow, and I have done everything I can do. The scale will follow when it follows. And it did, it totally did. So then, then I'd had this lovely breakthrough and I'm what, six? Yeah, about six weeks in at this point. And so about six weeks in, I've suddenly lost, I mean like really, rather suddenly, lost about three more pounds. So again, I'm at about six pounds for six weeks. Got down to a number that I haven't seen in a really long time. And here was the good news, I said, out loud to my husband, which really helped me connect the dots. I said out loud to my husband, I apologize, I didn't think I was gonna cry. I said to my husband, I haven't weighed this, I haven't seen this number since before Vicky died. And this is how I felt. <laughs> and that was what I was telling him. I couldn't believe that I had lost the weight. I couldn't believe that I was back in a body that I hadn't been in for a year and a half, almost two years. And needless to say, the next day on the scale, I was up a pound. The day after that, I was up another pound. The third day, I woke up in so much physical pain, like just aching from head to toe. And I was like, okay, this is not okay. I knew what it was from because I had said it out loud. I had, I had thought the thought and I said it out loud. So I, I made the connection, like I knew what was going on here. This was mindset, this wasn't the scale, this wasn't what I was doing. This was 100% my head not knowing what to do about that situation. And so I spent that day kind of in pain, kind of just having a rough day, still doing what I do. I was managing my calories, managing my water, managing, trying to manage my mind, thinking about what is it, what is it, about that that was so hard for me. And I will tell you that it took me a while to come up with it. And I was talking to my husband, again, talking to my husband, and this was super helpful. I mean, I was journaling and, and doing that kind of stuff too. But I said out loud to him, this doesn't make any sense. You know, I mean, there's, there's of course, you know, the lovely platitudes that we all tell ourselves. You know, of course your, your long gone loved one would want you to be happy. Of course she would. I mean, I'm not dumb. I, well, I mean, you know, my sister, she would want me to be sad for a long time. <laughs> you gotta love sisters. Anyways, but I, I know, I mean, I know logically that of course I should be happy. Of course I should feel good in my body. Of course this was okay to weigh this amount again. Of course it was. And yet, emotionally, 
I didn't feel that. In my mind, all this junk was coming up about maybe I'm always supposed to be a little sad. Maybe I'm not supposed to be happy. Maybe I'm not supposed to feel good, like that good, ever again. Maybe, maybe I'm always supposed to be a little sad. Maybe, maybe that was it. Maybe, you know, I got 48 good years and then now, and now I'm just supposed to be sad forever. Now I'm supposed to be a little bit tragic forever. Obviously, this makes no sense. But it took me a while to work through that. It took me about a couple of days to just really figure out, I knew what I was feeling, but I needed to figure out what I wanted to feel. Because I wanted to feel happy. <laughs> I mean, here I was at a weight that I hadn't been in a long time. I wanted to feel happy about that. And I finally, if you have any experience with like positive thinking, like mantras or things like that, you might know that, that sometimes some of the things, like when you're listening to positive affirmations and stuff, I personally feel like some of them are a little bit cheesy. I feel like I'm so happy and grateful that I have what I want, the world or whatever. I mean, I can't come up with one off the top of my head. But sometimes the verbiage doesn't quite sound like something I would say, frankly. And so sometimes what people will say when they're, you know, doing positive affirmations is it's safe for me to weigh this much or it's okay for me to weigh this much. And I was like, that just doesn't, I mean, of course it's okay, duh. That didn't seem to settle my mind. But the phrase that I came up with, and as soon as I heard it in my own head, like my shoulders dropped and I just felt like this huge wave of relief. And I have said it to myself pretty much every hour on the hour since I realized that this was what I needed to hear so that I can just keep reminding myself. I'm allowed to be happy. I'm allowed to be as happy as I wanna be. I'm allowed to weigh what I want to weigh. And the thing is for me personally, and some of, some of this I really think is being a youngest child thing, I really do kind of just wait for permission sometimes, you know, as, as the, the young kid, it was like, well, can I do this? Can I not do this? What should I do? So for me, that specific verbiage, I'm allowed. And obviously I'm giving myself permission. It's not like somebody else in the world is giving me permission, but it was me allowing myself to feel happy. Felt amazing. And so here's my, my takeaway for you. Whatever, whatever the verbiage is, find it. Because there will be something that you want to think that you're not thinking right now. <laughs> there, will be, there will be some block that you will run up against and you will need to find the words in your own head that's going to either allow you to feel like you wanna feel or be safe for you to feel like you wanna feel or be happy and grateful <laughs> that you feel what you wanna feel. Whatever it is, find those words for yourself. Because as soon as I, as soon as I heard that, the way that it made sense to me, not just logical sense, but the way that I felt it deep in my bones, well, needless to say that two and a half pounds came right back off again. I mean, not, not like within 24 hours, but it was another like week, week and a half. It came right back off. 
there was, there was no need for me to be that heavier weight. As it turned out, yes, I did start my period again, but that wasn't necessarily the reason for that gain. I, I truly feel that that particular breakthrough was, was really critical for me, for everything. That, that thought of I'm allowed to be happy changed a lot of things. It was really kind of weird. When I looked back at the last year and a half and the different ways that I have struggled. I mean, obviously there's gonna be struggle. It, again, I know I've been promising you this for a year and a half. We really are gonna talk about grief like in its entirety on some podcast. But the ways that I've been holding myself back, I didn't even truly realize it. You know, one of the reasons why I was disappointed, as one cannot possibly be when one finishes 110K, but I was disappointed in my performance. I was disappointed that I kind of didn't give it everything, that I was really struggling with it. This, this 50 miler that I just ran back in August, I struggled with it. And when I was like kind of going through the, the mindset and the analysis, it's like I had really put myself in a place where I felt like, like I couldn't be 100% happy anymore. And it was a very, it was a very weird feeling to realize that I'd done that to myself. I mean, some of that really naturally comes from grief. Some of that really naturally comes from life's changes, like nothing will ever be the same again because my babies are adults. You know, I mean, there are, there are all kinds of reasons why you might have put yourself in a place where you're, you're not allowing yourself to be your best self. There are all kinds of reasons why that might have happened. And when you discover how to, how to circumvent that and realize that you are indeed allowed to be your best self. You are indeed allowed to be as happy as you want to be, the weight you want to be. It changed for me a couple of things. And since I'm bragging like all kinds of ways today, let me tell you about this race that was the other bookend of my weight loss journey, my nine weeks of losing weight. So. Again, I thought I only had eight weeks. <laughs> and at the end of this allegedly eight weeks that was actually nine weeks, I had what I thought was an 18 mile race. And I know that 18 miles is really long. I mean, especially if you're relatively new to running. But 18 miles, 18 miles is like, it was gonna be hard no matter what. I knew it was gonna be hard. I knew the terrain. I knew it was gonna be tough. But in my mind, I was like, I can do 18 miles. Like that's, that's kind of like a baseline for me. Generally speaking, I feel like on any given day, I can probably run 16 miles. Like that's kind of that's kind of where I'm always sitting with my fitness, even though I had not really run much. I had run three miles, maybe three, sometimes four times a week for the last two months. So, so yeah, I definitely lost some fitness. And I know that's a question that a lot of you might have is, did you lose fitness? Yeah, I totally did. It, it is what it is. I mean, I changed what I was doing. That's, that's what happens every time you change what you're doing. We just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. What do you have to give up? I gave up some running fitness. I mean, it was fine. It turned out okay. So, so like literally two days before the race, my husband and I are talking about it and he's like, hey, how you feeling? Because he knows that I haven't been training and he knew that we were running together. And he was like, so they have some pretty strict time cutoffs. 
how are you feeling? And I'm like, well, I didn't know there were time cutoffs and I'm not gonna look at them now because that's the surest way to make myself sick. So I feel great, I feel like I can totally do this. And because I had been on this laser focus, managing my mindset journey, I knew that at the end of this weight loss, like no matter how much I lost, I knew that I wanted to feel good about running again. And having gone through that allowing myself to be as happy as I wanna be, allowing myself to, to be my best self, we show up at this race, which ended up being 22 and a half miles, rather significantly longer than the 18 that I had thought I was prepared for, but not prepared at all. And I ran, hands down, one of the best races I've ever run in my entire life. I felt amazing the entire time, and there were plenty of things that went wrong. I ran out of liquid six miles from the finish. I, I, I had enough to eat, but wasn't fueling perfectly well, but I felt competitive in a way that I haven't felt for a long time. I 100% got my, my running mojo back. I 100% was able to transfer my focus on weight loss to a focus on running and feeling good about running. And I allowed myself to feel a way that I love to feel. When I am running, I'm not, I mean, I am competitive in real life. I mean, you know, I, I'm a good loser when we play board games and things like that. But when I run, I allow myself to be significantly more competitive than I would naturally be. And I am naturally very competitive. So you could imagine what that translates into. I spent, it was a night race. I spent the night chasing down other runners. I ran significantly harder than I was trained for. I felt amazing. I felt like I had given myself permission to feel a way that I haven't felt in almost two years. I, I'm, allowed, I'm allowed to be competitive, even if my sister's dead, you know? It was, it was a revelation to me. That obviously has nothing to do with weight loss, <laughs> but let's get back to that. So let me, let me wrap this up. This is gonna be my last running interval, the last long interval. I will probably be wrapping up longer than the 30 seconds just because that's what I always do. Because you know, you know that I wanna know. This was long and this brought up a lot of stuff. There's a, there was a lot of ground to cover here today. What, what's your biggest takeaway if you are losing weight right now? What, what did this make you realize? I love to hear your aha moments because I have so many of them while I'm going about my everyday life and I love to share them <laughs> with you so that you can have them too. There are all kinds of places where we can have a conversation about this. The best one honestly is the Killer Beehive which is my private Facebook group. I would love it if you would come over there, join, it's very private. What you write in there doesn't show up on your feed to any of your other friends. I'm gonna go ahead and turn this off right now because I'm gonna wrap this up. But it's a great place for us to really talk. Now, obviously, you can leave me a comment on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. If you are listening to the podcast on any one of your favorite podcast platforms, which I usually do much earlier in the podcast, but you're totally welcome to find me on social. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube, obviously. I, find me, find me, and let's talk because I would love, love to know what this brought up for you. Okay. 
That was a lot. That was awesome. Thank you so much for walking and running with me today. Wherever you are, make sure that you click the follow or subscribe so that we can talk again next week. And I'll see you then.